0: to the Red Pill Sports podcast. Combating woke ins takeover of sports. Red Pill Sports Podcast. Sports done right. All right, all right. So awesome to have you on this Tuesday evening, and I don't know when you'll be listening to this, but we're just so thankful to have you, and so thankful that you uh, made the decision to be here with us uh, on this Red Pill Sports podcast. And we got a great show lined up for you tonight. We're going to be talking about what is it about sports, and uh, there's a lot going on in sports. But what we hope to do on this show is to uh, take sports or to give you a, a, a I guess a side of sports a little bit different than you would normally get, and uh, so I, I was just thinking about it over the last couple of weeks and planning out the shows, and this came to me. So I hope it, I hope it's beneficial to you. Um, the uh, playoffs seemed like NBA playoffs rather going uh, pretty swimmingly. Uh, seemed like most of the the bulk of the uh, uh, the, the games and, and series, is, excuse me, the word I'm looking for, are uh, tightening up. Uh, looks pretty good. Uh, even the games that are not, or the series that are not very tight, uh, they are, seem like they're all really, really good games. So, um, anyway, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being here. We're just uh, thrilled that you would make the time and take the time to be here with us. Uh, and thank you for sharing the show and telling people about it. That makes a world of difference. Uh, and uh, continue to do that. We had uh, great Danlos today. We've got fans, uh, our listeners in Japan, uh, also in uh, Brazil. Uh, we also have them in the Cameroon and the United States. So we're, we're going worldwide here. We're, we're enjoying it. And thank you again. You make this possible. And to our sponsors uh, and we'll be talking about them here in just a little bit. Also, the NFL draft is coming up on Thursday, and uh, so that's always fascinating. I'm I'm one of those people that like the uh, the personalities and the stories uh, as much as I do the sport. As much and I do love sports. Speaking of how much I love sports, uh, I'll tell you a little uh, anecdote as we go into this. What is it about sports? Uh, why do we take losing uh, when our team loses? Why do we take it so personal? And we'll delve into this and talk a lot about it. Uh, I've uh, consulted uh, several uh, articles and listened to several more. Uh, ChatGbt' has been very instrumental uh, in helping me put the um, uh, the script together for tonight's show and questions that, I ask it. Of course, it does quite a bit of research, and uh, from a sports psychologist point of view, and so it's going to be fascinating. But the the theme tonight is what is it about sports? And I'll just tell you, as a as a child, uh, my mom was my mom was actually a sports fan, but she didn't talk about it a lot. But I was always shocked when she said, "Hey, man, Neville beat West Monroe last night." We lived in West Monroe. But she graduated or didn't graduate, but she went to attended Neville High School. She got married super young, and uh, so she would always shock me when she would talk about you know Neville beat West Monroe or or whatever. And back then, Neville beat West Monroe every year, uh, but uh, not so much anymore. So, uh, man, my dad was my dad played sports like in high school, but he his personality he just worked. And it was a good man. Went to church really and worked and was there for his family. But and I remember when I was a little bitty kid playing softball for I think maybe it was a team from the paper mill or something. Uh, but he certainly wasn't a guy that sat around and watched sports all the time, or you know was really uh, you know really into it that much. But for some reason I got hooked. I was probably six or seven, and. First off, I got hooked on the Green Bay Packers, and maybe at that time, because the Packers were just perennial uh, winners, uh, maybe they the few, te- the few games that were on TV, maybe the Packers were on there more than not, and I detested the Cowboys, and I was a Packers fan, and I think I may have been a Packers fan because Donnie Anderson, and my name was Donnie, or is Donnie, I, th- I think that probably was why, which is really weird. And my favorite color is green, and the Packers were green. That- that's really how simple it was. But let me tell you how simple it was, yet how profound it was. I remember when the Packers were playing somebody uh, on a Sunday, or maybe a Saturday even, and I don't think it was even a playoff game. And I, was, I had to be maybe seven or eight years of age, if that old, and I remember the Packers got down to like to the right at the goal line and they didn't score. They lost the game, which was rare for them back in that day. And I remember I went to the bathroom at my grandmother, grandfather's house where I was watching the game, my mom's mom and dad. And I cried like a baby. And then I was, I became, I remember sitting by the stereo and listening to the LSU Tigers, John Ferguson, way back in the day. And, you know, there was very little uh, TV Uh, coverage back in the day Uh, there may be the Saturday game of the week or something but that was about it and uh, man I would I would just live and die with you know the LSU Tigers and uh, and then as a player when I started playing you know baseball and I was like six years of age and man I would I would literally grieve when I would lose I would take losing so so hard and now Keep in mind, I don't come from this, you know, uh, rabid sports fan uh, household. My mom's a kind of a casual fan. My dad's probably a little less of a fan than her. They both knew about sports, played a little bit, but certainly not rabid fans at all. And I became just this fanatic. Uh, if it was if it was baseball season, I, I remember thinking, I'll never play another game other than baseball, then as soon as it was over, uh, I'd start playing basketball, and I'd say the same thing about that. And then football, same thing. And so, um, you know, I, 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 it was, and, and I'm going to talk more about it, and I want to talk less about me and more about uh, this. But uh, what what really got me started about me and, and how seriously I took it, well, you, some of you remember this meme out there, and it's a little boy, he's a Northwestern university fan. He's 12 years old at the time this happens. His name's John Phillips. Ironically, his dad was the athletic director at Northwestern and uh, later became, I think two or three years ago, became the, uh, the athletic director for the uh, American Coastal Conference. So he's actually the uh, ACC's uh, athletic director now, or, or commissioner of the ACC. And so um, anyway, John Phillips, who it was 12 at the time, now he's 18, he's a freshman at Harvard. Uh, but there's this meme of this kid just bawling. He's got his hands up and there's video of him just bawling because uh, the uh, cheese head. <laughs> Thank you, Robin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I always wanted to be thought of was the cheese head. I got a story about that later anyway. Someone just dropped me a line that I'm a cheesehead because I was a Packer fan way back in the day. So there's this video of John Phillips just bawling because the call goes against Northwestern. This is in the uh, March Madness tournament. This is in the NCAAs. And uh, they end up losing that game. I think they were playing Gonzaga. Gonzaga was you know, favored to win heavily, and they were hanging there with them. Then after this call, it just... Kind of all went downhill, and John Phillips' twelve-year-old kid is just melting, and everybody was mocking him and making fun of him. And he actually got a Pizza Hut deal uh, because he became this uh, such you know icon. And uh, you know we've seen the guys when their team loses after a big game, especially uh, smashing televisions. And uh, and and you think what is it about sports? That brings that out in people, and uh, what is it? It's you know, it's we think of sports really as a form of entertainment, but it's it's so much more than that. Because when you know a movie doesn't end the way we want it to end, we don't you know we don't lose it. And and one psychologist said this, and I thought this was fascinating. Said the reason that we get so invested in sports is because of the in the uh, unpredictability of it every time so a movie once you watch a movie one time yeah you get really emotionally invested in it that first time then after that sixth sense if you had never watched it uh i'm not going to spoil it for you but it's been 20 years you hadn't watched it you're probably never going to watch it but uh man you get so invested in that then at the end you're like what you couldn't believe it but think about sports that happens every single time then bunch that with uh kind of the group dynamic one psychologist who was uh, had a, a, a like a minor in anthropology was saying. I thought this was a great point. Said that uh, that the reason that we congregate as sports fans is because you know we used to congregate back in the day to hunt. We had to hunt in teams, and so now that we don't have to hunt, we just go to work and make our money and buy our food. So we still have that innate desire to to group ourselves. And so that fulfills one of those needs. But you, when you couple the unpredictability, the group dynamic, uh, then you add in the, uh, you know, the hometown effect and pride of, of hometown and so forth. You know, that can be a pretty volatile, uh, a very, very emotional mix. Now, here's one for you. Think about this with me for just a moment. Think about how, and, and maybe when you listen to this, you're going to go, man, this guy's nuts. But I can sit. down, In fact, my boys, they're all three huge sports fans, but they just get so tickled at me because I can sit down to watch uh, a Division Three college game. You know, I love watching like Pac-10. Uh, you know, late at night on uh, Saturday night because it comes in so late. Cause, I mean, it comes on so late because it's on the West Coast. But I'll sit down, like on a Saturday afternoon, and catch a uh, Division Three game, and it's Presbyterian College against Clinton College or whatever, uh, and and it's, this is Division Three, and and all of a sudden during that game, I don't know anybody on either team. I probably never heard of either team, and then I find myself halfway through the game, man, just hoping that this team you know i was watching last year the playoffs of james madison and union maybe or you know this one was division two II, division three games and man i'm just invested and i don't know if that's the color of the uniforms i don't know if there's one guy that i kind of get drawn to and it's like and then all of a sudden i'm just heavily heavily invested well i didn't know anybody on that team i, I don't know the coach i don't know anything about either team but man i'm so super invested. So it's fascinating to me, what is it about sports that does that, that nothing else uh, does? And uh, and so I, I just find it I find it fascinating. Um, I, I wanna delve into another aspect of the psychology of sports. And tonight we're talking about what is it about sports right after this message. But first I wanna thank Red River Auto, redriverauto.com, uh, tell you a quick story the reason that I am promoting Red River Auto is because when, uh, which we're a part of the Dot Washburn Show family of podcasts, make sure you pick up the Dot Washburn Show. Also, I'm a host on another show that is not a part of the Dot Washburn Show, but it is a phenomenal thing that a project that I got involved with, uh, with Robin Hoffman and with uh, Brian Dickinson uh, and Josh Goldman. And uh, and I can't think of Josh, I never can think of Josh's wife, but his wife as well, and a lot of other volunteers. And uh, we're going, these people are going into prison, so we, they are going into prisons. But uh, they started a podcast called Nobody Like Jesus, and they asked me to, um, if, if I would host it. And so I do that. So we look for that uh, wherever you find your podcast. But the neat thing about that particular podcast, it started as a magazine. I have a Robin. I have a, a publishing company called Purpose Publishing. If you ever ever wanted to, if you've wanted to uh, publish, self-publish a book, uh, just hit me up. We'd love to do that. You can hit me up on at Donnie Copeland on Twitter or on Facebook at Donnie Copeland, uh, Truth Social, Gab, all of them. But uh, our uh, my Red Pill Sports uh, at Twitter. Uh, and so anyway, uh, it started out we we. They became a client, and we started producing their magazine. Then they started this podcast. But here's the neat thing about this podcast: this podcast goes into uh, to three million inmates in prison who have good time and have different things, and they earn these tablets. And so we're we're talking to them. And so I actually did one of those podcasts today. So check that out as well. And uh, and so, but Red River Auto. Uh, came to us when Doc Washburn was fired from Cumulus Media. Uh, Red River Auto came to us, Mitch Ward, the owner. They have numerous uh, dealerships, really, really successful. He said, look, you guys are doing it right. You guys are doing are standing up for, uh, for this country. We want to be a supporter. And they have been, for the 18 months that we have been on the air, they have been a tremendous support. So if you're looking for a car, go to redriverauto.com, redriverauto.com. And, uh, and they are going to uh, hook you up. Um, I, I want to I delve into another aspect of sports uh, that I think is uh, fascinating, and that is, remember I told you that I was, I was first a Packers fan, which is really weird. Then I became a Saints fan because the Saints are there in my hometown. Or not hometown, but my home state there in New Orleans. I was up in West Monroe, Louisiana. And uh, but I was a Packers fan because that's who I was exposed to uh, early uh, on in life, and uh, and I became a Packers fan for a while, and then I became a pretty much a Saints fan. I tell you when I became a Saints fan, I became a Saints fan when the um, when Tom Dempsey kicked his sixty-three yard field goal. My mom bought me the forty-five uh man i sound old and i am old i'm 62 but my mom bought me the 45 and i would play it on our record player and you had to have a little adapter because our records were the regular size we had a little a little round like a toilet paper holder that went over it and you put your 45 on there and it was the it was the call of tom dempsey kicking the 63 yard field goal uh, to beat the detroit lions and so I think that's actually, it's probably nine years old. Someone would have to go back and look when that was. Uh, Robin, check that out. What year did Tom Dempsey kick the 63 yard field goal? And uh, we'll have it on here for him. Uh, she's she's a great historian and can do a good job. She said, I'm hungry for some Pecan Nation pecans. Yeah, I'm going to, uh, they're our unofficial snack of the Red Pill Sports Podcast. And you are listening to the Red Pill Sports Podcast. I'm your host. Donnie Copeland, we're so thankful that you joined us uh, tonight. But here's the dynamic. So uh, I'm a I started as a Packers fan, right? I moved to uh, become a Saints fan because of the Tom Dempsey field goal, uh, and so didn't take much, right? Well, then uh, fast forward 20 years later, uh, 18 years later, I'm 26. My wife and I and our little son, we moved to Sherman, Texas. And we take over a church there, a pastor in a church. 1970 was when that happened. Uh, So I would have been nine years of age. I was really close uh, when Tom Dempsey kicked that field goal. So I was a Saints fan from 1970. Thank you, Robin. From 1970 uh, until 1988 or so. So long time. And uh, what, 28 years or something like that, right? And so... uh, uh, anyway, so we'll see 20 years would have been 1990, 30 years. So, uh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, 18, 19 years, something like that. So I get to Sherman, Texas. We're just north of Dallas. And all of a sudden, Now, I used to hate the Dallas Cowboys. I detested them. My brother-in-law was a huge Cowboys fan. Now, I'm talking about the psychology of sports. It's fascinating. I always pull for the Cowboys to lose. I get to Dallas. Everybody around me is a Cowboys fan. The Cowboys win uh, the the Super Bowl with Troy Aikman in, I believe, 88, something like that, and uh, maybe 89, and I become – a rabbit and to this day I'm a Cowboys fan first uh I'm a Saints fan second I like the Packers but it's a far uh distant uh way back in fact I'm I'm not really even a fan of the Packers anymore um so what is that dynamic what and I think a lot of that was the people around me And, and and it's the it's something about the the uh geography. It's about the people around you, yes, but it's also about uh, loyalty and, okay, I'm here now. I You know, th- this is what I have to do. So that leads me to a point, okay, and the point is I've always detested the Los, Ag- Los Angeles Lakers. I can't, well, I know uh, where a lot of that Disdain, and because hate's too strong a word, so I'll use disdain. But hate wouldn't be far off. Uh, I was a huge Celtics fan, and I'm still a, a pretty a, a, a pretty casual Celtics fan. But I was a huge Celtics fan uh, during the era of Larry Bird. Before that, Cowan, Halvacek, but I was really too young. But Larry Bird really cemented my fandom for the celtics well they would face the lakers in the finals a lot or several times at least so i became became an avid and i respected magic johnson how well he played but i was not a uh, lakers fan by any stretch in fact i disdained him but a strange thing happened this year uh and I'm 62 years of age. I've disliked greatly the Lakers all these years. We're talking about the psychology of sports. What is it about sports that just does crazy things to our brain, right? And so uh, this young man named Austin Reeves, who's from Arkansas, and I'm going to make a really strange point here in a minute about, uh, about that connection, and, and then you can make your own summations. But so Austin Reeves, I find find out Austin Reeves, was an undrafted player, uh, gets on with the Lakers. All of a sudden, he's a bench player, gets more and more time. All of a sudden, he becomes a starter. Now he's one of their second or third go-to guys on the team. And I find myself the other night watching a game. I've never cared for LeBron uh, James uh, in the least. I don't like his politics. I don't like anything about him. I think he's a wine bag But I'm watching this game, and I started watching the Lakers every time they're on, and they're on a lot. Uh, Every time they were on, I started watching them because of Austin Reeves. So you're thinking, okay, this white boy, that's why you're, you know. But something strange happened. I started watching them, and I'm watching a playoff game the night, and I'm pulling for LeBron to hit the jumper. I'm pulling for LeBron. I'm hoping they call a foul when he drove in. Uh, I'm I'm upset because they didn't call the foul when he got hacked. Say upset? Yeah, it's probably a little strong word, but I'm I'm starting to get invested. Not just in I'm not over here saying I hope Austin Reeves Reeves does well because he's from Arkansas and he's a you know one white guy among everybody else that you know that's far far more talented. So I'm pulling for the underdog, kind of. Not that he's white, that he's can't jump as high, can't run as fast. But somehow he's surviving. But that's not it at all. All of a sudden, I'm pulling for LeBron. All of a sudden, I'm pulling for uh, the rest of the team to, to do well. And uh, I'm I'm becoming I'm I'm like I'm looking at the the uh, Demar Ham the uh, I believe that's the coach. And man, you know he seemed like a good guy. And I'm just picking on everybody on the team. Now it started with Austin Reeves, but it but it kind of morphed into something. Uh, into uh, kind of a Laker fandom, and so it, uh, you know, it, it, it's really, really strange what sports uh, does to us, and uh, and and that makes an, that gives me another point is about like hating the Cowboys, uh, and then all of a sudden I get there and I start liking them. So I started liking the Cowboys because I went there and lived in the area geographically. Listen, it's hard to live in Dallas and not be a Cowboy fan. I'm sure out of five and a half million people, there's there's quite a few, but the vast, vast majority are. And then I started following the Lakers because of Austin Reeves, but then I became a fan of the entire team. So I think it's really uh, hard psychologically to be a fan of a player and not a fan of the team and then literally start pulling for guys that you not only didn't care for, you didn't like. Now LeBron James is my problem. With LeBron James was always politics, you know. His, uh, you know, just uh, the whole Black Lives Matter and uh, you know, and, and and the whole thing, uh, and 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 because they're Marxist, you know, not because they're black, but because they're Marxist, and uh, and so and and they're promoting riots and all that in the streets. But uh, so here I am, you know, uh, two years later, and I'm pulling for the Lakers because of Austin Reeves, and I'm pro- pulling for LeBron. And so it's so so. What you could say about sports is sports has this phenomenal effect to bring people together. You know, people talk a lot of times about how divided we are. But LeBron James and I, it wasn't just Black Lives Matter. It was his standing up for China uh, and uh, standing up for uh, Brittany uh, Griner, but not, pulling up, uh, not standing up for the January 6th detainees, uh, advocating for Black Lives Matter, but, not, but yet wearing shoes from China uh, made by the Uyghurs uh, who were being used as slave labor. So I thought there was such inconsistency. But now two years later, I'm pulling for him because he played. And it's not even, I don't think, oh, he's with Austin Reeves. No, I kind of get bought into the Lakers. Now, I'm not, you know, like a huge Lakers fan or anything, but I'm starting to follow them. I'm starting to like and I'm starting to be interested, and I'm pulling for them to beat the Timberwolves, you know, in their series with them. So, Strange things, strange things. Uh, what is it about sports? Uh, this uh, episode is brought to you by MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. Listen, we've got several uh, of our listeners, and thank you so much for supporting uh, our sponsors. And uh, I'm so thankful for you. And uh, at MyPillow.com, we've had several people buy the slippers, buy the, the Giza Dream Sheets, Uh, I'm I'm getting ready to get us one of those uh, pillow toppers that will transform your mattress. Listen, I'm I'm sorry, mattress topper. If you have a mattress that's tired, maybe it's starting to sway a little bit, maybe it's just losing its cooling effect, go to MyPillow.com, put in the promo code RED, R-E-D for Red Pill uh, Sports Podcast, and you're going to get a phenomenal savings on the Giza Dream Sheets, uh, on the Slippers, uh, on the uh, mattress topper. Uh, and so let, let's pick back up. And uh, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about uh, why we take losses uh, so personally in sports. Uh, why, you know, and I think we take losses uh, in, in any sense pretty, uh, you know, pretty profoundly I know when Donald Trump uh, had that election stolen uh, here in 2020. You know, I was I was in a a funk for for quite some time. So I think losing in general is you know uh, is is really really tough. But why do we take losses so poorly in sports, and we have anger, and we even grieve? As a kid, I would lose a game. And I wouldn't be over losing that game till the next game, which is amazing that, that you can take something that uh, so, so you know personally. I remember losing a playoff baseball game, and it literally, and I'm not, I'm not overstating this, I went home, took a shower, got dressed, sat on my bed, and I felt like I'd been to a funeral. God is my witness. That's how I felt. And I've always wanted to know why I took it that personally. And I always kind of suspected, but I, I never knew. So as I dug into this, uh, it makes sense, especially for adolescents or younger people, because you really don't, you're trying to establish your identity. You're trying to really establish who you are and you know what, what your values are. And so... It's real easy. That's why it's easy for young kids to be caught up in gangs because they're looking to belong. And I think sports teams are a lot like that. You're looking to belong. So you belong to this team or you belong to this party or belong to whatever this club and then the club shuts down or the sports team loses. and And so you take that so personally because you're one with the team, much like me starting out as a a casual watcher of the Lakers because of Austin Reeves, and then all of a sudden I'm pulling for the entire team and even people on the team that I didn't necessarily care for previously. So uh, so the, the follow-up to that question is, is why, uh, why is it as we get a little bit older, we, we find ourselves maybe not quite as intense? Now, I, I can just tell you, if LSU loses... It bothers me. It bothers me a lot, but it doesn't bother me like it used to bother me. It doesn't bother me like I'm I'm grieving uh, not much anyway. <laughs> but it's still I, I'm st- and then uh, and I'm gonna talk a little bit about the coping part of this uh, as we close out uh, today. I'm not gonna get too touchy feely with you here, uh, but but I think uh, you know I think still there's some identity. Still, there is this identity with the team. Uh, there's identity with your home state, like in the case of LSU. Um, and, in, you know, and you'll hear people say, man, we won the championship. Well, we really didn't because we're, we weren't on the team, but it sure feels like it, you know. And a lot of times I think uh, fans can take a loss uh, how many times have you heard a fan say, man, look at the, look at that guy. He's over there grinning. How can he be grinning? Because, I mean, that fan took it so hard. How is the player not taking it as hard as the fan? Well, you know, there's a lot of possibilities there, but I think the greatest possibility is we become so invested, much like we as parents can get so invested in our kids playing or acting or uh, their education that – if we're not careful, we're projecting on them what we want them to do, not really what they want to do. And I wonder if that's not a little bit of it about sports as well. But I will tell you this, the older I get, uh, I I take the losing better. I I don't take it well, but I take it so, so much better. Used to, if you would have said something to me about, you know, and chided me, now I wouldn't blow up, you know, not in the last 30 years but man when I was younger I'd be wanting to fight you know if you said something about my team losing uh, so so what is it about sports what what is it that that causes that that grief and that's almost feel like it's a you know a, a, a personal failure well I, I think it is the unpredictability I think it is the uh, the identity with a certain geographical location. It is the group dynamic of being a part of something bigger than yourself. And then there's the part where we just enjoy it. We like it. It's you know it's something that we enjoy. So I think it's all those things. Now, I think for most of our listeners, you know, it's probably an older demographic. It's not young kids. But if it is, uh, here's something that's helped me. to to cope, is I have to take a step back and say, wait a minute, these are 18, 19, 20-year-old kids in the case of college. Uh, What happens in this game between LSU and Alabama has no effect on my life whatsoever. If they win, it has no effect on my life. If they lose, it has no effect on my life. The the well-being and the health and the uh, good... uh, good outcomes for my wife, for my children, for my grandchildren, and my friends, and the people that I love, and I attend church with, and my neighbors, and, and their health, and their longevity is so much more, those are the most important things in life, it's not some guys that have never met me, that I've never met, possibly will never meet, that are on a field competing. So, see, you kind of have to step back and detach yourself to be able to get the objectivity that you really need. And so, um, but it's fascinating. Uh, listen, there is a There's a couple of uh, great uh, pieces out there uh, that you can, uh, Daniel Wan, W-A-N-N, has written some great stuff. Uh, he's a sports psychologist at Murray State. Uh, he is a He's a great one uh, to follow. Uh, there's a guy out with The New Yorker that wrote a great piece on fandom. And he tells a story. He tells a story about a guy, and I'm going to close with this tonight. He tells a story, and this is where I think the positive part of sports, but not just sports, any group dynamic. there was a guy named Jim. Jim was a huge soccer fan, and Jim would uh, come to, this was, I believe, in Portland, the Portland Timbers was the local, uh, I I believe, like a minor league soccer team there in the Portland, Oregon uh, area. And Jim would come to the game, and he started off, this is back in the 70s and maybe 80s, and he would bring, of course, up in that area's heavy logging and he would bring a chainsaw and he'd dress, you know, like a lumberjack. And he'd bring his chainsaw and, you know, and obviously not start or anything, but wave it, you know, and and hold it up. He's a big brawny guy, and, and so man, he really became a fan fan favorite. And so Jim, uh, finally, they asked him to come down on the field and they put a promotion together. Said, so, look, every time we score a goal, uh, they'd have a big huge piece of a tree there. I mean, massive one, and they would keep this massive tree trunk. Uh, on this kind of dolly, and they'd roll it out when the game started over on the sidelines and say, "Look, Jim, when we score, you crank up the chainsaw and cut off a, a piece of that tree, a big round, you know piece of that tree, and then you you bring it over to where the fans are and you hold it up almost like a you know a, a trophy when every time they would score. And so this guy just became uh, and 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 they were a fledgling. Franchise, they didn't have huge crowds, but people would just go nuts, and he became Timber Jim, became just this icon with the Portland Timbers. Well, he was at a game one night, and uh, one of the security members come over to whisper to him. He drops his chainsaw, he runs in the tunnel. The fans find out later that his wife, who was expecting, has been in a car accident and she has been tragically killed. They were able, able to save the baby, but his daughter was died in that accident. Jim didn't come to games for a while. He was so devastated. Now he's raising his daughter's daughter, uh, he and his wife, and his life is forever altered. And he's like, man, I don't care about sports anymore. I don't care about going anymore. And they called him, the Timbers called him, and said, Jim, the people miss you. He said, "Man, I just can't do it. You know, just he just had lost his joy, had lost any desire." And I said, "Come on, Jim, come to the come to the game, and just stay on the sideline. You don't have to do anything." So he got there, and I said, "Just bring your chainsaw. Don't you know? Just just bring it, and you don't have to crank it up. You don't have to do anything. If we score, but they scored in the game, and he reluctantly cranked up his chainsaw, and he cut off." Uh, one of those things, he took it over there, and he held it up, not very enthusiastically, and something magical happened at that moment. Somebody in the crowd had found out that his his daughter's favorite song was You Are My Sunshine, and they had all brought sunflowers, and they hold those sunflowers up as Jim holds up the piece of the log uh, after they had scored, and they start singing, you are my sunshine. And for the rest of Jim's life, when he would attend at every game in the second uh, half of their games, at a certain time, at a certain minute mark, they would sing, You are my sunshine. And Jim says those people and their, their actions literally saved his life. And so for all the detrimental things about sports, there are things about sports that, and and groups and people, they come together and Republicans and Democrats and liberals and conservatives and white and black and Asian and Hispanic, and they join together and they root together for their team. And if one person like Jim's life can be altered uh, to the positive after it has been altered so negatively that I think it's all worth it. And that is what sports is all about. That is uh, what uh, it is all about. So uh, you take care. I Thank you for joining us tonight, and uh, we'll be back next week. Until next time, this is Donnie Copeland for the Red Pill Sports Podcast. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Red Pill Sports Podcast. Brought to you by the Doc Washburn Show family of podcasts, a Yetcher media company.